we're going to continue on a series that we began at the beginning of the year. And uh, the series is called New Births. And very specifically today, we want to talk about new beginnings. Because you see, new beginnings, new seasons are much like a new birth. Now, if you're wondering, well, where did this come from? Uh, This was something I was praying about, and actually a number of weeks before the new year, I was praying in my morning devotion, and I was telling the Lord, uh, Lord, I'm going to take some time this week, and I'm going to pray about the word for the new year. I just said that and was moving on in prayer, and he gave me the word for the new year. No extensive time needed. Holy Spirit was ready to tell us. And of course, those two words were new births. And that's kind of why we're now going through the series. We're digging in a little bit, seeing what God would say to each of us uh, through his word, new births. And as I mentioned right from the beginning, if you're single or you're past having children, don't worry, this is not just about babies. Babies are included, but this is beyond that. And especially today, because today we're talking about new beginnings. Let's look at our first scripture, Genesis chapter 9 and verse 7. It says, as for you, be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Then God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, As for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. This is God speaking to Noah and his sons after the ark has landed on dry ground. And it is at the same time where he sends his rainbow as a sign that he will never flood the entire world again. But with that covenant, he begins it by saying that he wants his people to be fruitful and multiply, to bring forth abundantly. So we know he's obviously talking about uh, more descendants and babies, but also I believe there is something in this covenant that speaks to you and I about multiplying and about abundance. You see, you and I are called to be people that bring abundance wherever we are placed. Are we bringing joy at our workplace? Are we bringing light and life wherever he puts us? He wants you and I to bring forth abundantly the good. You see, we are called to be a blessing wherever we are placed. We are called to bless those around us, It says that by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Slave Lake should be blessed because of you and I. If he's called us here, we should be causing life and blessing to come wherever we are. There's enough of us. Slave Lake should be growing. Slave Lake should be prospering. And if that's the words we're speaking, we're declaring it, we're prospering in our area, Slave Lake will prosper. So we should bring forth abundantly. Now, I'm going to define again what am I meaning by new birth because it fits beyond babies as we mentioned. Here it is. A new birth is the bringing forth, the actual beginning of something that we believed and expected for. It's no longer just a dream or an idea. It's real. It's alive. It's crying in front of us and the Lord is giving us the responsibility and the joy of raising up what is new for his glory. You see, there's dreams, there's visions, there's great ideas. You know, at prayer time, God can show us a 
a vision and we can have a dream in the night season and we can have all these amazing things that God wants to do and they're exciting. But they're not a new birth till you begin them. Okay? They're simply a vision or an idea. And if you only live with visions and ideas and never begin, you don't have a new birth. It would be like a new couple who had a desire to have a baby, but they just never have one. They talk about it, think about it, dream about it, even buy pampers and stuff, but, you know, they never have a new birth. The new birth is what begins it all. So yes, there's a preparation time, there's an expecting time, but we're talking about new births in 2023. Some of those things you've prayed for for years, let's see them begin this year. Some of those things that you've just had a vision or an idea for, start to put it to practice. Take a step and let's see new births. We're talking specifically again today about new beginnings. That could mean new jobs, new positions, new locations. How about inventions or new seasons of life or simply new ways of doing things? Those are all considered new beginnings or as we're putting it, new births. Look at Isaiah 43 and verse 16. It says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called for the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls will too. For giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland. So my chosen people can be refreshed. You see, the God we serve wants to do new things. New things in us and through us and around us. The God we serve doesn't want us to live in the past. You see, he's talking to his people and saying, you remember that great deliverance when I parted the Red Sea and I destroyed and defeated all your enemies. He said, that's good, but don't remember the former things any longer, one person says, because I've got something new. He was saying, Go ahead, take your eyes off that. That was amazing. That was great. But put your eyes where I'm about to take you. It will blow you away. And that brings me to my first point in the message today. We know God wants new beginnings for us. How do we begin? How do we step in? How do we see new beginnings take place in 2023? The first point I want to make is this. In order to see new things begin, you need to be willing to leave the old behind. Okay? You need to be willing to leave the old behind. You see, in the natural, having a baby means you are choosing to leave some things behind. You're choosing to leave behind sleeping all night without interruptions. You're choosing to leave behind being able to just jump up and go off with your partner to the store or to the, the movies or the shop. You are choosing to leave some things behind that might be considered good. But you're choosing to leave those behind for something greater. See, new beginnings don't start without very purposely choosing to leave some other things 
behind. We must be willing to leave those behind if we want a baby and all the blessings that come with it. So the very first most important thing is leaving behind the past. If you've ever met someone who lives in the past, they're often very grouchy. Because whether you like it or not, things change. And when they live or you live in the past, you become upset at anybody who steps forward or does something new. And pretty soon, people living in the past spend their time, and I'm I'm using believers today. A believer who stays in the past ends up thinking their ministry is to run down anybody doing something different or new. That's a bad way to live. It's not scriptural either. Well, it can be found in scripture, but they were called Pharisees. Anyways, we'll just go away from that. (laughs) We'll touch on that later. But church, choose to leave behind the old. Jeremiah 1 and verse 9. It says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down. Then he goes on to say, build and plant. I don't believe it was an accident that God put that in this order. Because before you can build and plant, you've got to deal with the old. If you're a gardener, when you get to that garden this spring, you're going to have to work up the soil. If the weeds and plants that were dead were left in, you've got to pull them out. Work up that soil before you can build and plant. If you're someone who uh, builds houses, if you buy a property, you've got to get rid of the old trees or the old buildings before you can build the new. It's just a fact. Well, the same in your life and my life. When God is calling for something new, we will have to be willing to deal with the past and the old and put it aside so we can go forward. This scripture is a prophetic word for Jeremiah because God was going to give him words to speak that would do these things. And as most prophecies go, God is usually saying, this is where I want you to be, and this is where I want you to leave. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, talking about new seasons, new beginnings, and leaving the old behind. This is Abraham, and the Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you. Oh, I just read that. Yeah, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abraham was about to uh, become a blessing to many nations. God was going to make a nation through him. And it all began with him leaving the old behind and moving forward. You know, I don't think it was necessarily easy. He was 75, and he is leaving everything he knows to go traipse around the country with a big tent and his animals. But God said, here is what I need you to do. I need you to go forward. I need you to leave behind and move ahead. 
Now, whenever I share about Abram leaving his country, I'm always very careful to tell my congregation, please don't move to Edmonton. God brought you here. This is not what we're saying. Okay. God does from time to time move people. It's a fact. I can't keep you all here forever, but I am thankful that God has moved some of you here. And this is your promised land. This is where he wants to bless and grow you. And we definitely want to be a part of that. Jesus said it like this about leaving the old and moving forward. In Mark chapter 2, 21, he's talking to some of the religious people, and I'm kind of going to hit the middle of where he's talking, and then I'll, I'll back up. He says, Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch will shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. So here Christ is speaking to some religious leaders who were upset at him, and their first complaint was, hey, how come you and your disciples don't fast often uh, the way we do? In other words, they were saying, you're doing it different than we've always done it. How come? And Jesus said clearly, hey, God wants to do something new, and the way we've done it is not the way it's going to happen. You see, another thing that they didn't like was Jesus and his disciples were eating with people, unsaved people. They were getting with those that uh, needed help. And he was moving around and eating with people and obviously joyful and uh, bringing them near. And Jesus clearly tells them, hey, what God is about to do, it has to be done differently to see it happen. There's a saying that a definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing and expecting a different result. It doesn't work that way. The results that you're getting now are because of the way you're doing it now. Doing the same thing again will get the same results. It's a fact. And Jesus told them, guys, God is about to do a new thing, and it takes a new way, a new method. That's what he meant by new wineskin. See, they would put grape juice in uh, skins, which would actually be goat hides, tied up, sealed tight, and the grape juice would ferment and stretch the new hide. But if it was an old hide, it was already stretched. So as soon as the grape juice would ferment, it would just bust. So he's giving them a picture of something they know. God was about to do something great, and it wasn't going to work in the methods that were being used. So church, new beginnings for you might be a new way of doing things. If you don't like the results you're getting now, ask God, okay, what do I need to do different? He'll tell you, and then be bold enough to do it. All right, you want to get into a new beginning? You want to shift from where you are now? You don't want the same results? The next thing you need to know is this. You will need to use faith to step out. Okay, so you've made up your mind. I'm going to leave the old behind. Then you will need faith. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world. He received the righteousness that comes by faith. 
Noah was a person of faith, and his step of faith brought about some extremely new stuff. His step of faith brought about a new world. We can actually say Noah took a step of faith and he floated into a new world. I'm not trying to make any weird statement with that. I'm just saying his step of faith took him to something completely different. His step of faith caused him to do something that had never been done to prepare for something that had never come. I want you to think about this for a minute. You talk about new. God wants to prepare you for something that's never been in your life. It means you'll need to do something you've never done. Isn't that amazing? If you want to enter into something you've never experienced, that you want to see something new, you will need to do something you've never done. It almost sounds too simple, doesn't it? We are people that love to do things the same way and don't change it. We love routine. We love it the same, but if you're not liking the way it is, you're going to have to change the way you do it. We uh, have a couple here in our church who birthed, if you will, a restaurant at the Northern Lakes College. Now, they were planning and expecting for it for quite a while, but it was birthed on January 3rd, and they began. You see, it was an idea and just something that was a vision, but it became real the minute the doors opened. And suddenly, there they are, but it took steps of faith. There was risk involved. There was an unknowing. Will anybody show up when we open the door? Will people hear about us? Will they come? There's always risk to faith. That's why it's called faith. If there were no risk, it wouldn't be faith. There'd be no need to believe for something impossible to come. Okay? So don't be afraid of risk. If God has spoken, you will be blessed. Listen to Genesis 6 and verse 13. This is where God calls Noah to do the unthinkable. God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood, waterproof it with tar, inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Now, you can continue on in the chapter, and there's more details God gives Noah of how to build it. But you go down to verse 22, and this, my friend, is a definition of faith. Verse 22 says, So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. There's your definition of faith. You see, faith is not just doing something ridiculous and expecting God to show up. Faith is doing what he asked you exactly. And when you do that, he shows up. He provides. He makes the way. He opens the door. So what has he asked you to do in 2023 that's different than last year? What has he put on your heart to step into that's different than last year? Don't be afraid. Take a step of faith and do exactly what he said. When you do it, God will bless and new beginnings will happen. All right, you want to have a new beginning. You want to see it different. You're going to have to leave the old behind. You're going to have to take a step of faith. And then you are going to have to be determined to let nothing stop you. An easier way to say it, 
When it gets hard, don't quit. I have found that new beginnings are not always easy. New beginnings can be quite difficult. As a matter of fact, think about when someone has a new baby. When that new baby comes, it's not always easy, especially for moms. The mom goes and has labor, and there's no sleep, and it's painful, and next thing there's a baby crying every 15 minutes, every half hour, oh, they need to feed, and there they are two nights later thinking, what did we do? This isn't what I thought. But they don't quit. For the love of the baby, they don't quit. Whatever God is causing and bringing you into, it will not necessarily be easy, but don't quit. If you quit, you lose. If you quit, the new beginning suddenly is nothing. There's a story in Scripture about God's people. Well, it's not such a positive story because they quit. But let's read it. Numbers 14 and verse 1. It says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in this wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. This is one of the most disappointing stories in Scripture, I feel. It is a sad story. The reason it's so sad is because God was taking his people on a journey out of slavery. Egypt was their slave place. They were slaves. They got set free and began a journey through the wilderness, and now they were on the edge of their promised land. Right there, he was about to take them in to their promised land and bless them beyond their wildest dreams. But 12 people went in, checked out the land, and came back, and 10 of them said, there's big giants, there's no way we can do it. Only two of them said, no, with God we can do this, let's go. But the voices of 10 people caused millions of Israelites to quit. 10 people. They gave up, and they were this close to the greatest season of their lives. And they gave up because they realized it was going to be hard. Here they are crying as though they're already being killed. But he's about to bless them. How can that be? Church, I don't know if you've experienced this or seen people experience this, but you can, in your mind, picture things so they become real to you when they're not real. You see, Holy Spirit wants to speak to our thoughts and our minds. And he wants to speak clearly, but we also have an enemy who wants to try to speak in that same realm and cause you to quit. This is the devil. You see, he has no power against you unless he can make you quit. Unless he can cause you to give up. But here is over a million people crying all night. Can you imagine what God must have been thinking? I'm about to take you in. 
I parted the Red Sea. I brushed through. I caused water to come out of a rock. I fed you manna. I gave you quail when you asked. I'm going to take you in. The giants are nothing, but here they are. Nope, their minds are made up. They're all going to die. God hates us. Just because of the voices of some people who didn't think they could do it. Can I just say this for a minute? If you started this journey with Christ, it's not always going to be easy. There, you heard some truth from a pastor. It is not always going to be easy. Now, don't start crying. It's going to be good. <laughs> Let me keep giving you scripture because it gets better. You see, faith doesn't just take the first step in a journey. Faith commits to the whole journey. Do you hear me? Faith commits to the whole journey. The ups, the downs, the floods, the fires, the celebrations, the victories, the losses. Faith says, I'm in, and I'm taking this journey. And nothing will stop me. Whew, that'll preach. Don't you quit. If God redirects your journey, that's not a quit. That's God taking you forward. But quitting is not an option. Somebody must need to hear that today. Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. Somebody need to hear that. Don't quit. Noah spent 75 years building and believing. Can you imagine God gives you a word that you're supposed to do this? And it's not like next week you get to see the answer. 75 years. They figure about that amount. But he didn't give up. He didn't quit. Jesus asked us to follow him and join him on a journey. And I recognize that all of you here this morning have accepted him and started that journey. Please don't quit. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 11 and verse 28. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You see, the greatest new beginning is when we choose to follow Christ. And the greatest new beginning for your friends or coworkers that don't know him is to start on this journey. Because where there are ups and downs and difficulties, he will be there with you. And you'll feel his peace. And he said he'd never leave you, never forsake you. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus, again speaking to the crowd, says, Calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life, your old life, is what he's saying. If you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. It's a new life. It's a new journey when you say yes to him. And it is good. Romans 6 and 4, my final verse this morning, says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Everybody say new life. It's a new journey. It's a new life. Let's, in 2023... 
Bring people who can experience the new life. Let's ask Christ to show us what new things he wants us to begin. I use the example of the couple with a restaurant. We don't all have to start restaurants. Yes, we can't all cook. (laughs) But hey, church, God has good things, new things, and he wants us to step into it. You don't have to start a restaurant. But maybe it's something simply new for you. Maybe it's just simple as, you know, every morning I'm going to read a couple verses, and I've never done that before. That's a new thing that can change your life when it's not hard. So church, let's step in. I'm going to pray for you as a congregation right where you're at, but just bow with me right where you are. I'm going to pray for God to give you boldness and courage in this new season of 2023. So Lord, I pray you bless your people here right now. I thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness, for their dedication, for their commitment to get up early and be at an early service. And Lord, I pray even now, if anyone is feeling discouraged, that you would just overflow them with peace and joy about the new season. Lord, that you would give them a picture of the fruit that you have planned for them. Because Lord, you love them. And Lord, if there's anyone feeling uh, disappointed, Lord, we say no disappointment can come. So Lord, we pray you would bless them mightily in this new season. And Lord, I pray even now, the new thing you're putting on their hearts for 2023. Make it bright and give them courage to step into it. Is it a new relationship? Is it a new job? Is it a promotion at a job? Lord, whatever it is, give them boldness. And yes, Lord, is it a new song? We know you've begun that already, and we say yes and amen to it. So Lord, I say now, let there be joy, let there be life, Let there be new births in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.